Welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, June 5th, 2006. Hi, this is Michael Lozan, and on behalf of Mark Horseman and myself, welcome to Manager Tools. For those of you who are new to Manager Tools, Manager Tools is a weekly podcast focused on developing and improving your management skills. We try hard to focus less on theory and more on practical skills you can learn and implement immediately. What to do versus what to be. This week, we continue our series on working effectively with administrative assistants. The topic has taken us a bit of time to cover, so today is part two of three. Last week, we covered the role of the exec and the role of the admin in this relationship, as well as discussed the single biggest roadblock on the road to an effective working relationship. That is, the lack of delegation. This week, we'll focus on the executive schedule, and next week, we'll end up with managing executive's office, his or her relationships, and managing the executive's administrative deliverables. So, let's get on with it. Last time, we talked about um, delegation as being the single biggest roadblock out there. But of course, that's not the only thing to, to managing admins effectively. We have a couple other things we need to talk about. And, and some of that is you know, what the roles of the admin, one of them being managing the executive schedule. Yes. Um, and, and the management of the executive schedule, Mike, is the single most important set of tasks that an admin engages in. Um, and really, in the first month of the working relationship, it is critical importance. Now, I've made an assumption as we talk about this relationship going forward. It, it, it's it, the, the assumption is is that we have a brand new executive and a brand new assistant coming together for the first time, and the executive is in a brand new job. The, you know, I, I'm going to rely on the intelligence of our listeners to subtly change things depending upon if they've hired a new admin or or if they're going into a new job and they're working with an existing admin. Um, certainly, if you're working with an existing admin, you're going to accept some of their uh, understanding of the role and the job and those kinds of things. Um, but but I, I don't want to, I, I think it would be less effective to assume that something was already in place when we give these instructions. So these instructions are as if this is a total greenfield environment, if you will. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, but... but I cannot stress this enough about the schedule. The management of the executive schedule is the single most important set of tasks that an admin does, period. For the entire time that an admin supports an executive, this is the biggest lever, the biggest value, the biggest ROI, highest ROI, however you want to measure it. When the admin is taking care of the executive schedule, and we've got a set of tasks that we're going to talk about here in just a minute, that is where their sweet spot is. Why is this the biggest lever? What what is it about the, the 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 role of the executive and the role of the admin that makes this the the biggest kind of single lever that the exec can use? It it really is a great question, and it goes back to to Drucker and the effective executive and and time and priority management. Um, the executive is is um, compensated based on their ability to make a large impact on the organization. Um, the, the the most perishable and precious resource that an executive has at their disposal at their disposal is time um, 
anything. You, in fact, I would argue that you could probably have another admin in, in many, many cases. And of course, at the very highest levels, there, there are multiple admins and whole suites of people to support the, the, the chief executive and so on. And maybe that's overkill, but, but two assistants is not unusual in many situations. And, and, and they're paid handsomely to do nothing but to make the, if the executive more effective, which is to take things away from him or her so that they can focus on the things that are really truly important. So so the, the bottom line answer is time is the most precious and perishable resource that an executive has. Um, the tasks that the executive or, or the, the admin do are, are secondary to how the executive spends her time. Okay. So time being, time being incredibly perishable and Anything that the executive two can do to make that time more efficient is of critical importance to the yeah, executive. Yeah, it, it's basically we're making a choice saying that the, what, what we're going to focus on is effectiveness, not efficiency. Um, we're going to do the right things rather than focus on doing things right. Um, now, I'll make a, a, make a very important note here regarding administrative tasks, which I happen to find uh, objectionable in many, many cases. In the first month that an executive and an admin are working together, Mike, the big big drawback to the priority of managing the executive schedule is um, administrative tasks. Um, When an executive is in a new role, there are thousands of requests and forms and new signatures and demands and urgent requirements for documents and all kinds of things. And my recommendation is to ignore them as best you can. You won't get fired. You won't get in trouble. Um, You know, you you won't be called on the carpet because you're a week late with some report or some signature or some document that's that uh, you're responsible for. Now, if it's the marketing plan that you're you're owing to your boss, well, of course, that's not an administrative task. But but if you what often happens, I see this, Mike, is, is executives come into a role and, and they immediately adopt themselves to all the paperwork and tasks and, and administrivia around the job. And having an admin actually makes it worse because the executive thinks they should spend more time on it to make sure the admin knows what their point of view is and so on. We should trust our admins. We should let the, our admins do that for us. Uh, and administrative tasks rarely are closely aligned uh, or and or related to uh, our our key priorities, assuming we know what our key priorities are, which we'll talk about that in a second too. Um, and so, if it's not aligned, if it's not in our sweet spot, it's if it's not what we're paid to do, if it's not our one or two or three top priorities, we simply should not be doing it. And and this goes back to a comment that I'm pretty sure I made in the priorities cast, which is there is always too much to do. And how do I know that? Because everybody I talk to, Mike, they're always there's always work on their desk when they go home. Nobody ever says, "Okay, everything's done," right? right. I mean, I don't know, maybe they do, and I just don't know those people. I don't know, <laughs> but there's always work to be done. So we're always literally making a choice every single day about what to do and what not to do. I would argue that the big mistake that most people make is focusing on the urgent rather than the important. But but that's that's for another discussion. The point is, there's always work to be done. So if there's work that's going to be undone, I think the most important question you can ask yourself is, what work am I willing to be in trouble for for it being undone? And I think subtly, executives and managers are constantly doing that. Unfortunately, what happens is the organization supports things that are urgent rather than things that are important. But if work is going to get undone, let's decide what we're willing to get in trouble for. And I got to argue that the stuff I don't want to get in trouble for is the stuff that's at the top of my job description and the top of my annual review that my boss is going to talk to me about at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. What one interesting point that I discovered is that uh, 
relative to urgent versus important, the the urgent things have a whole legion of, of minions out there chasing after you to go get it done. Yeah, the you know, organization puts a great or, deal of resources un, unknowingly almost, right, behind yeah, the it, urgent. Exactly. Right. There's very few resources around the important stuff because the minions aren't they're, – they're not they're not concerned about the important. Your, your boss, the executives are, but – and there's not a lot of infrastructure in place to to drive the important. I don't want to overstress that, but the, the fact is, I, I guess is all the administrative functions within the company are designed to focus on the urgent and not the important. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my point is, and you know, I just want to remake that point again. Ignore that first month worth of administrative tasks as best you can. In fact, if you find yourself saying to your admin, Joe, handle it for me. Um, make a decision, run with it, do what you need to do. I think you're going to be much better off. Now, look, uh, that's easy for me to say. That 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 happens to fall into my sweet spot in terms of how I see the world, in terms of focusing on effectiveness and moving forward and focusing on people. Some people like to be analytical. They not, like to have a list of tasks. They like to dot each I and cross each T. Neither way is better. Um, but But there's a reason why there are more high Ds more dominant people at the top of major corporations. It's because they are willing to to bleed a little bit or to break a few eggs in order to make an omelet. Um, they are willing to accept some less than perfection on a number of tasks that they have determined are less valuable, less uh, return on investment, you know, less... Uh, um, important uh, in return for focusing on what truly can make the most difference for their key deliverables, for their key priorities. Um, so for those of you who are high C's in the audience or even high S's and you're saying, gosh, I, I don't know. I, I really like to know all the things that are coming through my office. I'd like to see everything. And I had a person, by the way, Mike, I had a person tell me recently, well, Mark, don't tell me that because Oprah reads every piece of mail that her organization gets. Well, actually, that's not true. She doesn't because there's a great deal of junk mail and so on. Um, but but when Oprah reads that mail, someone has already opened it. They've already pre-scanned it. They've highlighted it for her. Um, and, and she is very efficient at being effective. And she has determined that reading mail and staying in touch with people in a, in a show, you know, in terms of supporting her show, which is about about popular culture and what people's lives are like, that's actually a very effective thing to do. Um, but when executives tell me, oh, well, Oprah reads all of her mail, so therefore I need to read all my mail. I don't want my admin reading my mail. That's an absolute abomination and a waste of time. And mail is um, mail is a task, if you will. I don't mean to make it this a big deal about mail, but it's one example that I've seen executives use over and over again. Oh, yeah, I'm going through the mail. What, what are you going through the mail for? You know, the only mail you should be getting is stuff that requires a, a, an action, uh, a decision, uh, or thinking from you, and it ought to be prepped for you so that you know you know exactly why you're reading it. There should be metadata in front of it prepared for you by your admin. And people look at me like I have two heads. Um, but that is a good admin doing his or her job and minimizing the amount of time you spend on something that you're not certain falls within your wheelhouse, which is those core priorities and responsibilities. Right. Okay. So, so how do how do we determine those priorities and yeah, yeah. good. Do we have any guidelines for kind of kind of focusing ourselves on the right things? Yeah. With admin? Good. Good question. Um, basically, w w when we start thinking about schedule, I, I want to be very 
I want I want to be as, as as clear as I possibly can. I I've seen executive do this probably a couple hundred of them in the last 10 15 years, Mike. When we start talking about schedules, they pull out their calendars. And I just want to caution everybody that that when we in our priority cast talked about this, we actually said Let's do an analysis of your time without your calendar. And the second thing was, let's capture what we believe our priorities are. The executive's priorities and responsibilities determine everything. They're the filter through which everything flows, okay? Um, everything flows from the key issues that the, execs wants to, the exec wants to or must focus on. Um, and so the first few of our guidelines talk clearly about what we need to do in terms of addressing priorities immediately. So first step, the executive determines her priorities. Okay, that's step one. And again, we talked about this in our priority management cast. This means a full analysis of the available data and the corporate divisional situation, uh, the, the, the job description, uh, the projects that are ongoing, um, the, the, the strategy, the, the tactics that have been in place thus far, um, the, the financial situation, the business situation, the resource situation, and so on. Um, I, in fact, I argue that in the first couple of weeks, one of the things an executive's got to do, it's not, this is not really in the cast, but, but now I want to make it so, um, you've got to have in-depth briefings from each of your direct reports about what they're working on and what they believe their role is and so on, so that you can quickly go back to them in a couple of weeks and say, time out, we're off track here, we need to be over in this area, and we're not. And and that's because my priority is in this area, and nobody's ever told you that before, but we need to, we need to readjust how we spend our time. Um, this means that in the first two to three weeks on the job, you're going to meet with key peers, constituents, direct reports, and ask them what they need and what they want from your role. This not only has an impact on your responsibilities, your priorities, which includes your job description and talking to your boss in detail. What do you want from me? What, you know, in six months, if I haven't done X, boss, what, what will, you know, what will I have not done that will upset you? That's a great question. Um, right. You know, how, how will I get in trouble and how will I hit home runs? That's kind of uh, the theme of the discussion you'll have with your boss. And, that, and, and that's willing to be, you know, you should be willing to fight for that time with your boss as opposed to him or her saying, oh, no, just, I trust you, just go do it. Uh, you need to ask some basic questions. You need to validate your assumptions and, uh, and so on. Um, but it not only has uh, the, these meetings with, with your peers and your directs and your boss and, and other constituents not only have an impact on your role, your responsibilities or priorities, but also on the development, the beginning of the development of time on your network. Okay. Um, and and so you're talking, you're talking like a, a list of you know key friends, allies, relationships that will justify your investments of time and resources, that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah. The, the executive in, in the course of the first two or three weeks prepares a list of those key friends and allies and relationships, and and and, uh, and that will be part of the admin's responsibility. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Is is monitoring and developing and making sure that network stays robust. So. I mean, I'll talk in the negative. So when the stuff hits the fan, you've got 10 people you can reach out to, and you're not reaching out to a cold, dead hand. Simple as that. Okay? All right. Um, so the executive determines her priorities first. Again, look, looking at the documentation, looking at the business situation, uh, talking to the boss, talking to peers, talking to direct reports. Step two, the executive share those pro shares those priorities in detail with the admin. Now, you, you can already see that when the executive was going out and talking to these other 
executives and peers and direct reports and, and looking at annual annual report or annual reviews and looking at job descriptions and so on, the admin was going to be involved. But in the first couple of weeks, the admin is essentially scheduling that time to allow the executive to brief her back or to brief him back on what those priorities are. Don't walk into a job day one and say, I know exactly what my priorities are. Don't do that. Take the time to go talk to other people to review the data that's available to you about the business and about the organization and about your role officially and and what your boss wants before you come back to the admin and say, okay, here's here's what I've heard. Here's what I think. Here's what my conclusions are. You want to avoid holding back any information. I've seen a lot of executives, um, I, I, I know an executive who likes to say, uh, stupid is forever. Um, <laughs> and, and it comes from a cult of a company that's really got a lot of very, very, very bright people in it. And they hire for intellect and it clearly shows they're just an incredibly smart company. Um, and unfortunately, if you're not smart the way they're smart, you're perceived as um, a detractor. Well, I got to tell you, I know some people, um, in fact, I've actually had an admin once who was, who wasn't intellectually brilliant, but was so gifted with people that it didn't matter. And, and, uh, she made me twice as good as I ever could be because of how effective she was at maintaining and developing relationships for me. Um, so a lot of times executives put too much, particularly those that are tend to be more technical in nature or tend to be more intellectual in nature. They tend to put too much weight on the, the intellectual horsepower, if you will, of anybody and, and, uh, Oftentimes, admins don't measure up. And so the executive says, well, I don't need to tell him that because it's kind of over his head. That's absolutely the wrong mentality, Mike. Okay, The executive's job is to, to come back, to brief the admin on, on what is important and why. Not that you need to have a, a detailed description of what that means for the calendar every day and every week. It's a high-level briefing about what's important and who is important and why. Now the admin can begin making smart decisions about who the exec is going to spend time with. Um, the more your admin knows about your relationships and, of course, your priorities and responsibilities, and, and, and those relationships may include friendships. That's okay. Some person who in your business doesn't justify you spending time with them, but you play golf with them on Thursday afternoon or, or, uh, or you're in the same church with them, and so you're just friends. Uh, the more your admin knows about that, um, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, this in my experience, this is... Very, very rare that admin or that executives brief their admins in this way in terms of what their priorities are and what their kind of strategic objectives are, et cetera, as well as what are the important relationships both within and outside of the the company. Um, I, I imagine if if those people who are listening, if, they, if you go do that with your your admin, their 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 head is going to spin around and then they're going to have a smile on their face for the next three months. Yes, yeah. I, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things that, that cause that to happen, Mike. One, uh, um, the, the biggest thing is if an executive doesn't do this, it leaves the admin with, with a small amount of tactical information requiring them to constantly ask the executive for guidance. Interestingly, I think egotistically, Mike, a lot of executives get some joy out of that. From feeling of being in control of of a person working for them that they don't I, I don't want to say that the person is just a, a a robot but but more the sense that the executive in terms of somebody coming to say I need to know the answer to this 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 and this the executive feels powerful in doling out this information 
But that's a terribly inefficient way to behave because if you're doing that three or four or five times a day, that's time you could be spending worrying about your responsibilities rather than managing your tasks, managing your responsibilities, and managing your schedule, none of which an executive should do. Your tasks, your responsibilities, and your schedules should be managed by somebody else. They should be delivered on by you, but they should be managed by something else. So you're right. I think most admins would just think that's fabulous, and they get frustrated when the boss gets frustrated at them that that things aren't going well and it's because they're doing the best they can but they don't have full information right and they care so they're they're gonna what the great ones are like you said are gonna ask yeah. the questions but but most are frankly they're gonna they're gonna guess yeah and they may guess right and they may guess wrong and boy if you can just settle it and avoid the the guessing wrong why not you know i didn't i don't i don't have this really in the, in the theme of the cast but i'll just address it now a lot of executives we talked about under delegation being a problem that really the critical problem um I, i'll tell you something else i think a lot of executives are deathly afraid of uh, of delegating personal tasks hey you know i, I need my suit dry clean because i have to leave tomorrow on a trip and it's not clean or whatever um I'm not going to recommend that uh, everybody necessarily do it that way. There are some cultures that say you shouldn't do that or you should. I I can't make a blanket statement or I can't make a strong, strong recommendation. I can tell you this, though. The vast majority of admins that I know shake their heads at their bosses when the boss is running all kinds of errands and the boss says privately, well, I wouldn't want to ask him to do that or wouldn't want to ask her to do that because that's a personal errand. And the admin looks at him and says, my job is to help this organization. Every minute you spend running personal errands, is a minute you're not spending helping us grow and be more successful. Let me do that for you, please. It's not an insult. It's why I'm here. Please let me do my job. Over and over again, I would say 80%. Now, now there's maybe 10 or 20%, Mike, that, that would say, no, that's not my job. I, I, don't, I need to do personal errands for you. Um, but I will tell you that I feel strongly enough about this, even though I don't want to make a blanket recommendation, that were I in a large organization, it would be a question I would ask of anybody who would potentially become my admin. How do you feel about doing personal errands? Now, look, I'm not talking about having them buy a gift, a birthday gift for your wife. I mean, if you're not willing to do that, you've got no business having important decisions be made by you. Um um, uh, you know, you know, buying birthday presents or Christmas presents for your kids, same thing. Come on, that's beyond the pale. But for those things that will make you more efficient and effective at work, um, you should be willing to do it. And I think it, it may very well be a little bit of negotiation between you and your, your admin, but I think most executives tend to way underappreciate the, the, the links that an admin is willing to go um, to help the executive be effective. Because admins know that their their success rises and falls with the executive's success. Okay, sorry, I took a little, okay. bit, of, a little bit of a detour there uh, for a second. Um, wanted to share that with people. Okay, so so the executive has gone out and, and determined her priorities. Then they, we share the priorities in detail with the admin. Step three, the admin schedules a full-time analysis. Sometime in the upcoming weeks, in the next you know, two to four, six weeks, the admin schedules two to three days to do a 15-minute by 15-minute analysis of what the executive is doing. He or she then analyzes that and presents an early strengths and weaknesses report to the exec. In other words, she's gathering data about what the exec and her have, her, have the exec doing um, 
and compares that to the early analysis so that we can get a quick adjustment if in fact the executive realizes you know we didn't we missed this there's something that I'm going to be spending 20% of my time on that we didn't talk about in my early responsibilities that I have to do there's no way around it and so we're able to make adjustments early on with that and and what this means is the admin following the executive around and and checking on things every 15 minutes or so uh, it's not at the end of the day asking you what were you doing at 10:15 and if somebody were to say, gosh, that seems like an enormous waste of time, you just say, well, actually, it's the exact opposite. If she were back in, in her office cleaning and straightening her office waiting for me to come back because we haven't worked out all the details of how she's going to support me or how he's going to support me, that would be a colossal waste of time. But anything, again, going back to our primary focus of this, the, 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 the big lever is time, the executive's time. Anything we can do early on to be more efficient around time is going to make the executive more effective. One more, one more thing is, is um, we review, we ask the admin to schedule time to review time usage and priority alignment once a quarter or once every six months. Some people say once a quarter is too often. I, I feel pretty strongly about my time, so I, I look at it every quarter. Um, you don't probably don't you probably don't need your admin to follow you around this time. He can just look at your calendar each day um, and, and and do an analysis and say, look, here you said you had five priorities, which of course is too many, <laughs> and and uh, here's what your time is has you doing. Um, and, and by the way, keep in mind, if your time is unscheduled, um, then you put nothing in that block of time. Um, if you're doing a, if you're doing a calendar analysis, as opposed to a detailed time analysis. Absolutely. Okay. You know, that takes care of analysis and monitoring. What, what about the day-to-day, -day, you know, calendars and schedules? This may be the most interesting thing I'll say. And particularly since I know a lot of our listeners are technical organization executives and managers mike um and and the advent of pdas and so on but i'm telling you now the most important thing you're going to hear in this podcast is this next statement the admin controls the executive schedule this is not a typo the admin controls your calendar and your schedule you do not i'm not kidding you thinking about your calendar is a waste of corporate resources. We don't pay you that kind of money. Look, if we pay somebody $200,000 a year, Mike, you know how much we pay them every day? About $1,000 a day. Okay? So in an eight-hour day, that's, a, what, 120 bucks an hour or something like that? Okay? Um, if it's a 10-hour day, it's 100 bucks an hour. So in a half an hour, you, it's 50 bucks. The company's throwing away 50 bucks a value, which may sound like a small thing, but it starts adding up over time. If you're spending a half an hour controlling your calendar, um, if we can get that done for five bucks an hour or 10 bucks an hour or 15 bucks an hour, we should do so. Okay. So, so let's, let's talk about what, explain to me, you know, this is one of the difficulties I ran into and, and unfortunately Outlook and particularly using an exchange server or whatever makes it really simple for the executive to start managing his or her own calendar, right? You start adding things, you start deleting things, and pretty soon your your admin's out of yes. the loop. You're suggesting that the executive completely turn that over. So if I want a meeting with John, I don't call John. I tell my yep. admin, call John, please schedule a meeting. Absolutely. For him. Yeah. You you now look, if you want to call John in order to chit chat and schedule a meeting, that's fine. Um but but if it's just to schedule a meeting, um uh then you say, you know, you you, you lean your head out of your office or out of your cubicle and say Hey, Bob, will you get Joe on the phone and schedule a meeting? Or you get him on the phone and I want to talk to him. Um, 
and, and it may very well be the culture is email and that's fine. Send an email and, and, and you get copied on it. Um, but yes, you're exactly right. We, um, you use the, the assistant, the admin's job is to do those kinds of things for you um, and, and provide an additional filter. Uh, you know, the, the really good admin who's been working for you for a year will say, you know, um, well, are we sure this fits in? I'm not sure how this fits in. A little bit of pushback on how is this part of the priorities responsibilities? Um, and, and we ought to be paying attention to how often our admins are saying that. That's a very powerful reminder of staying on track because there's a thousand things that'll pull you in different directions. So yeah, if you get, a, well, the, the your admin should have full delegation authority and outlook. They should be able to see your calendar, answer your mail, everything. Um, in fact, I, you know, routinely I get emails from clients that say, you know, from Jane Smith on behalf of Bob Jones. Um, and, and, uh, it, it's, it's as if it, you know, it's coming from the executive. And when I get from that, I assume that I'm talking to the executive because for all intents and purposes, I am, um, and you must you must learn to avoid that. Hey, I've got my PDA. Let's just go ahead and schedule some time here. And unless your PDA is really up to the minute, um, you may be creating problems. Can you schedule time? Yes. Every once in a while, are you going to? Yes. Should your first thought be no? Time out. Call Jane. Call Mike. Call Bob. Call Mark. And you know my assistant. And and let's make sure we do that right. Or if if somebody asks for my time, I'll actually say, Hey, look. Let me call. Um, Shonda real quick and check my calendar before I say okay and I actually ask Shonda for my time which is a way of reinforcing that my admin is controlling my schedule doesn't that have kind of a little egotistical ring kind of like you know why don't you have your people call my people and schedule a meeting you know it does it does to a lot of people I, I think it, it's probably you know the the Hollywood and Washington thing is uh, in Washington it's all about power and in Hollywood it's very very similar um and I've worked with people like that and um there is a there is a power you know a display of power going on it's almost like some animal or bird ruffling their feathers to look bigger um uh, <laughs> but it is only that way if you intend it that way I believe that for executives, the amount of money that they're paid for an or in an organization um, justifies saying, hey, look, I really like you to do that. And if somebody says, well, gosh, don't you do your own schedule? Um, two, uh, two thoughts for you. One, there, there's, a, there's a way to answer that, and I'll share that in a moment. Secondly, that person is saying, I'd rather do it myself. They're willing to indulge a personal preference for control over benefiting the organization. Um, and, and I'll tell you, CEOs, they don't control their schedule. They don't sit there with their, with their, with their trio or their Blackberry or their CLIA and go, okay, I'm going to rearrange this. I'm going to rearrange that. They do not do it. Um, because someone else, their admin or admins are thinking about their schedule in more, more detail than they are. And the admin probably has four or five things that are waiting to get scheduled that if things stay the way they are, they can get things done for the executive that if the executive starts messing with it, uh, it won't happen that way. Um, so yeah, there is a sense of ego around that, but, but the, the, the way to address it is to just say, look, I, um, my admin is very, very good. She keeps me on track. He keeps me, uh, uh, aligned with what my priorities are. And I really need to check with her or check with him before I, before I go forward with this. Yes. There are people yeah. who overdo that and say, you can't see me unless you talk to my admin, but I think it's a matter of tone and approach, Mike, that'll make a difference. Yeah, I agree. Okay, 
So again, this is not a typo. The admin controls your calendar. Um, basically, when somebody asks an executive for their time, the most effective, exec effective executives we know uh, say, get with, insert your admin's name here, and see what we can do. It's not effective for you to try to move things around, like I said, to try to juggle things. Juggle things. You're probably just going to make things worse. Um, it's not to say someone can't come sit at your open door and sit down and talk with you. Okay, That's your prerogative. And we encourage that type of spontaneity. An open door is a good thing. And, and we don't want to say, no, you can't, you know, you're not on his calendar, so you can't have his or her time. On the other hand, another rule regarding the admin controlling your schedule is the ad admin interrupts, is very comfortable interrupting the executive to keep the executive on schedule. Boy, that's incredibly powerful. I, I know some execs who, who tell their admins not to interrupt them. And oh, I, that yeah, is, that's in my mind, backwards. so foolish. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, you know, this means the admin's got to know your priorities and got to know your relationships. It goes, you know, it's almost like we know what we're talking about here, Mike. We got to go back. We got to share with our admins what, what's important to us, what our priorities and responsibilities are and who and who's important to us and who's a priority for us. Not just what, but who. Um, because the who. Right. They know, if it's a, it, they know if it's just a friendly relationship within the company that you're maintaining. They know you can interrupt. It's not important in terms of getting your priorities accomplished. Yes. But if it's the number one person on your list who can who has influence over two of your top three objectives, then the admin has enough information to know. Not, I, I think I'll let him go another fifteen minutes with this person yes. to and delay this and, and call this other person and tell him, hey, let's reschedule this other non. You got it meeting. exactly. I, it sounds like you were an executive once and you had his admins who knew what your priorities were and knew who to interrupt you from and who not to. And that's a very you know look if if your boss is in your office, let him you know provided the relationship is good, let him stay as long as possible. If that boss has an enormous impact as they always do on your ability to achieve your objectives. Um, as you were talking, it occurred to me that really what we're saying here, Mike, is that the, the two most important things an, an executive thinks about is what and who. And those two things combine to drive the win. And in order for the win to be done well, the admin has to know the what and the who. I don't hear a strong yay on you from you, so maybe that maybe that maybe that sounds corny. But well, you didn't you didn't see me nodding my head. No, I didn't. Darn <laughs> <laughs> this Texas Virginia thing. Just yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Okay. With that. Um, look, so the, the executive and admin team need to have agreed on verbiage, whatever it might be. So the admin pokes her head in and says, "Did you forget about your prep for blank?" The executive knows he has a chance to get back on schedule or continue with that interruption if it's his boss or the CEO or whatever because it may be valuable. Basically, if somebody wants your time, they have to see your admin. If it's a higher up and they want an answer from you, they will not mind calling your admin or going to his office and figuring out how to make your boss's request work. All right, let's end it right there. Hopefully you've stuck with us so far. Don't worry, we'll be finishing up the series next week, so hang in there. A couple of notes before we go. I wanted to remind folks about the registered members section. Each month we put out a special podcast for our registered members. And this month is no different. I'll be putting up the final in our detailed series on the DISC model, a very powerful model for understanding and adapting to behavioral differences of people. And you won't want to miss it. Registration is absolutely free, so there's no reason not to. There's an easy link to the registration page under the Members Areas section on the website navigation bar. If you're not a member, please consider joining and getting some great additional content. Additionally, it's the beginning of the month and your votes at Podcast Alley and or comments on iTunes or your favorite podcast directory of choice are always appreciated. 
The link to Podcast Alley is prominently displayed on the Manager Tools website, www.manager-tools.com, so feel free to take advantage of it. Well, that's it. We'll see you all again next week. Until then, so long.